Hello and welcome to Engagement Express, the new podcast series for HR engagement and communication professionals. I'm really excited to be hosting this show, which has been designed to give you inspiration and tips on how to increase engagement in your organisations. My name is Kate Asiche and I'm an internal communications consultant who's worked with many well-known global brands to support their colleague engagement strategies. Join me every fortnight to hear more about the things you should be reviewing and doing regularly to increase engagement. I'm really excited today on Engagement Express to welcome my guest, Uzma Muhammad Ali. She believes that empathy can shape business results. She has just finished almost two years with a leading global pharma giant in Switzerland. A bit like a Swiss army knife, Uzma is versatile. She has cut her teeth across several industries, from financial services to the public sector, which gives her a diverse perspective on change. Uzma has worked in change and transformations that have required attitude shifts and behaviour change, ranging from mergers and acquisitions, divestments, process and cultural change. What I really share with Uzma is her passion for delivering results in a very human way, and I'm really excited to have her here with me today. Thank you, Kate, for having me. It's a pleasure to be your guest uh, from my home on the uh, French-Swiss borders. So, yeah, let's let's go ahead. Indeed. Thank you so much. So I love the idea behind the conversation that we decided to have today. And it is more of a conversation than an interview that we discussed we mm-hmm. would do. Um, and I loved your, your title, which was Success is in the Eye of the Beholder. It's a great one. What do you mean by that? I'm intrigued. Yes, thank you. Thank you for asking that. So I was thinking just as something subjective like beauty can be in the eye of the person looking at you, I believe that transformation success is in the evaluation by executives. So they're usually, you know, the sponsors of the change and they're ultimately responsible for it. And I think how they evaluate success can shed a bit of light on what change communicators can focus their energies on you know, how we can make like real intentional choices to make success prominent. And in this way, executives can also learn from it and rate the success of the transformation higher than than really what they would have done without your efforts. Does that kind of make sense? It does. It it really does. Um, And it, 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 it sort of raised a question in my head, which made me think, could someone actually feel that a change was a success when it wasn't and I know that's what yes. you're not what you're saying but I'm sort of playing a bit agent provocateur yes we, and we will come to that a little bit later uh, so somebody could definitely think something wasn't a success and it was but I think that's the purpose of it like basically an executive will think yes this was a definite success and it may not be but actually they've got a role in making it successful yeah. So, I mean, I guess maybe what makes sense is to define what we're talking about. You know, maybe I could speak a little bit to what and why is change and transformation important? What do you think? Yeah, please do. Yeah, I mean, I think it help, it's helpful for me anyway to start from there because I think a lot of people see it as a bit of a, a dark art. 
But actually, I would say change and transformation is like the key to business success. And the simplest way of explaining it, like even to a five-year-old maybe, would be to imagine a triangle. So um, change works on three axes. If you imagine, Kate, people at the top and then processes and systems like on either side. So imagine you want to focus your department on getting better at selling. You know, some people would maybe install a new CRM system, a customer relationship management system. Yeah. But the key part of the change is that most people, you know, the key part of it that most people find really hard to control because it's horrible, messy, it's unpredictable and challenging is, guess what, people. Yeah. And people, you know, are absolutely crucial to adopt the behaviors needed to perform to perform differently and um and you know thank you for your kind introduction i would say definitely over many years i've um worked on the communications for major change change and transformations and they've kind of ranged from companies seeking to divest unprofitable businesses to acquiring new ones to strengthen their like new business strategy but I've also worked on systems change, which in comparison is kind of quite straightforward. Yeah. Like, you know, introducing, a, you know, the sales system or a, an online learning platform. But I have to say, like, my favorite has to be um, culture change, where it's um, all about shifting values, ideally to attract and retain the right talent and to service customers better. But I would say across all of those, the common desired outcome across all of these things is behavior change. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I totally agree with you. Uzma, you mentioned just now going back to the beginning, um, and it might be worth expanding on that if you don't mind. So looking at what is change and transformation and why is it so important? Could you speak to that in a bit more broader terms rather than the organization's change itself? the change for the person as an individual and how they're transitioning from what they were doing before mm. to what they're doing currently or will have to do in the future? Mm. I think I'm, I mean, that's how I'm thinking about it now. Um, yeah. Like personal transformation is, is crucial for real, true transformation. And ideally that happens first and then the organisation changes. Yeah. But as it goes, like, business business is always changing aren't they like saying always um you know divesting merging you know restructuring and um and the people themselves aren't always ready but I have to say I think the leaders have to have undergone like a personal trans transformation it helps because you know they're a bit more self-aware you know they're a bit more emotionally intelligent as well as all the kind of technical and business competencies and yeah. I think that's what makes that's what makes it a pleasure to work in the area when you know someone's on the same same wavelength as you. Yeah. Um, but I guess the way I had um, defined it, and um, it, it helps people understand what it is, because it's like, what is what is change? How do you? What does it mean in a business kind of setting? Because it just sounds very different to business as usual, right? But mm-hmm. actually. A lot of business as usual includes change. Yeah. And um, the main thing it includes is changing people's behaviours. And that doesn't happen through communicating in a regular way. There there is a special art stroke science to it. Yeah. 
yeah, changing behavior is one of the most difficult things that you can be asked to do as a communicator, in my experience, because Mm. behavior change is so personal and something that requires uh, people to migrate from or transition from doing one Mm. thing to doing another is extremely hard. I've done a particular transformation project back in 2016 that sticks in my mind where Mm. an email was sent to all employees several times by the chief executive asking them to change a particular behavior and it just wasn't Mm. happening and I remember thinking to myself this is just not the way to do it an email isn't Mm. going to persuade a large Mm. mass of people to stop doing what they were doing in order to satisfy the change program. So I'd love to get your viewpoints on why behaviour change is yeah. so difficult. I mean, we, I think we can all take a guess at that, but based on your experience and what are the key I, things? I love that. Yes, sorry, I, I'm so enthusiastic. I'm tripping yeah. over my own words. <laughs> <That's okay>. I, <laughs> I, um, I think we can all identify with that email that comes from management that basically turns your world upside down for some people and for some people it doesn't affect them and I think all too often change is something still that the top asks the middle to do to the bottom and that mm-hmm. is how people experience change in organizations it's like a huge challenge for hopefully your listeners you know for most heads of comms engagement leads yeah, you know, change and internal comms professionals. And, um, you know, I was really intrigued to read that in a survey by Gartner that 54% of heads of comms anticipate a term called employee change fatigue. Yeah. So, um, you know, that's employees being unresponsive, apathetic, completely burnt out in response to, you know what, another change program. Exactly. And um, it's really interesting, but only... Five percent of heads of comms feel confident to meet the challenge in, you know, actually shaping their corporate culture. So it seems like there's a bit of a problem, mm. but I would say it's uh, it's understandable too because what's happening, I think, is um, you know, senior management is talking about pretty big ticket ideas, yeah. and in my mind, I'm seeing this as like in capitals, words like purpose, like mm. trust, collaboration. And um, instead of quite simple business problems, they're, they're big things like some real life examples are, you know, how can we create a business culture based on a long term vision beyond our commercial operations? I mean, like this has got like purpose written all over it. It's huge, you know, or maybe you might have heard, you know, how can we partner with HR and business leaders to really drive cultural change? You know, here, this is a question of collaboration. Yeah, that really resonates. And so to your point about what's happening now, can you expand on that? We're talking about organisational change currently as we speak. Where are we in in 2020 as regards to org change? Because we've all, well, as internal communicators, you and I will know that there was a big focus on change and uh, change and transformation comms about sort of 10 years ago, possibly um, a little later than that. 
Um, and there were loads of books written about it and studies published and everyone was so enthusiastic about this new style of communication and lots of roles were created specifically for change communications. But where are we today? Because I feel as though people understand that change communications is different to BAU comms. Um, but it mm, would be interesting, mm. yeah, as a, as a change professional, change comms professional, where you feel we mm. are now. Yeah, I mean, um, I think in, in terms of trends, um, what I'm seeing in this space now is like the changing role of leaders, you know, as hierarchies in organisations get a bit flatter. And um, the way, you know, how that affects change programmes is that there's less of a need, I would say, for leaders to create a really heavy sell, you know, or like endorse the message um, because this would basically, it sounds weird, but it would reinforce the hierarchy, mm. you know. So instead, there's a bit more emphasis on groups like catalysts to help employees actually relate to the change. Yeah. And um, I would say like helping to kind of cement this whole trend is a recognition that innovation and collaboration are like you know the real like building blocks you know yeah. basic building blocks of success and what I love is that there's this recognition that if you can't do this smoothly internally you know change, create change and transformation smoothly in your own organization it's going to be harder to do it externally for your customers mm. so I'm really happy to see this trend um really interesting and you know yeah it is right and um so because it's funny because everyone can relate to the email that comes down from the top yeah actually things are changing yeah I think you're right I think things are changing and there's definitely an understanding that collaboration and cross-business communication is far more important than top down and not even just bottom up but across the organization I've worked for many multinational organizations where business unit to business unit sector to sector never spoke to one another and that created problems mm. in itself so I think you're right in saying that that's where the value lies and that's where the real shift can happen mm. no I was just going to ask you about the failure rate of transformations and, mm. and where you feel we're at in terms of that and yeah, I'm keen to know why you feel that is still to this day. Lessons don't seem to have been learned. No, you know what? I mean, why do executives, you know, given the amount of change and transformations going on, why is it that so many execs think transformations fail? I think it's a great question. And I would hazard several guesses, but I would like to back it up with a bit of research because um, basically in a survey by McKinsey, execs were asked to evaluate their most recent transformation. And I have to say the results were pretty astonishing to me because only 26% of execs evaluated their transformation success as being very or completely successful. Mm. And actually what's really interesting is the bigger the organization, the larger the org, so like 5,000 employees or more, it drops to 17%. Mm. you know so the question is why do like some 74 percent of execs believe that their most recent transformation was partly or just not successful that's the majority three quarters yeah and um i think i would say that there are probably two reasons why this happens and um i also think actually 
that um, change communicators can do something about it. Mm. So um, first reason I think is that change is likely to succeed when leaders are active and involved. So it sounds super obvious, doesn't it? It does. I mean, it does. And, you know, what I've seen in my experience is um, change being devolved to CMOs, so change management offices, and uh, a mid-level change manager is tossed with the impossible. You know, the uh, the leaders come out for milestone moments, like announcements, yeah. but then they have little vested interest in the actual change process. So, you know, as long as it's done, that's great. So they're just largely interested in the outcome. Yeah. But I believe, right, you know, we all know those kind of leaders. Yeah. And um, and it's, it's, it's not unusual. But I really, truly believe that leaders have an opportunity to actually role model the change, mm. you know, to uh, walk the talk, you know, go to call centers if they have to you know, whatever their business is, go to their supply chain and actually be the early adopters. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, like the thing is, it actually reminds me of a story. So I know we're in the summer, but I want to take you back to a bit of a rainy day back in London. Yeah. And, um, you know, I'm in a huge boardroom having like um, this one-to-one chat with the managing partner of a leading like business advisory firm. And, um, you know, Kate, like they've just finished a significant meeting and the energy and the buzz of it is still actually in the room. So I, I still remember that years later. Yeah. Um, what was funny was, yeah, it's, it's still palpable. So um, I'd say that actually it was with great ease, you know, I'm, I'm told that this area of the business is going to be redesigned, mm. you know, because of external market pressures. And um, it's just been announced. And um, in that conversation, I got the tiniest impression that while the managing partner was confident and ready and raring to go, he might be assuming the same of his leadership team. Mm. And uh, I was thinking in my mind, if I was going to work with them, I needed to be sure and to have them you know, fully on board. So I was lucky, I was hired mm. and I actually followed my intuition. So I built a picture of reality by actually you know, interviewing each member of the LT to understand, you know, what were they thinking and feeling around this program? You know, what was their level of commitment, um, their readiness to change? Yeah. And, you know, was there real genuine buy-in yeah. um, as individuals? And um, you know what? The results were interesting. Mm. So my, my report showed um, a misalignment because while the LT were like intellectually you know they intellectually understood the change but they weren't bought into it and taking action so you know there were some concerns and actually some great ideas too and um you know we discussed it you know respectfully you know at the following leadership team meeting and I have to say I like to think that I challenged the status quo you know I was told kind of what to do but I followed I followed my emotional intelligence and maybe some intuition because the design and the direction of the travel then changed to include the LT more and give them more of an active role in engagement. So that's that's why I think, you know, leaders do need to be active, you know, actively involved and engaged to make transformations a success. And um, I would say 
have a, a second reason, a second hypothesis, if you like, um, for why failures kind of happen. And I think it's when execs haven't committed upfront to developing a really robust change story. So for the leaders, it can feel quite counterintuitive to take the time, you know, to outline a change narrative. But without it, there isn't a real strategic foundation for change. And um, here I would say, look, I know plenty of people have frameworks, but I believe that what's an unusual and, a, you know, an unidentified benefit of coming together to building the story is trust. So when I've facilitated such workshops as a change management consultant, I sense, you know, the real humanizing of the change mm -hmm. and resonance with what specific target audiences will need and uh, an appreciation that people's needs aren't mechanical. Um, and actually, what that meant is that the story can't be hogwash. So um, when leaders actually help to shape that change story, their evaluation of the transformation is likely to be positive. And um, I would say you'll probably bear this out with your own experience, Kate, but without a solid foundation, mm. you know, all other tactical activities, fancy activities, just they lose the focus and they tend to hang together in a bit of a, a disjointed way. Yeah, I agree with you. And I love that story because it really does resonate with my experience. And I'm a real advocate for leadership, for visibility across the board generally. Mm -hmm. um, and my first episode actually is about leadership visibility uh, for, um, it was released uh, two weeks ago. Uh, the listeners understand that was my first episode um, and the reason why I started with that is because it's a subject that's really close to my heart and I love looking at leaders having worked with a lot of them and trying to understand their motivations and also ensure they're authentically represented uh, by the choice of channels and communication yeah. because not everyone's confident in front of uh, thousands of people yeah. or hundreds of people on a town hall virtually or otherwise um, not everyone's a good speaker not everyone's a good orator so um, I'm a real I'm really passionate about ensuring that leaders have the right mechanism to communicate in the way that they feel comfortable with because that's where you get yeah. the, the, the biggest shift if you try to shoehorn people into a particular situation it's never going to work um, and it's it's so interesting yeah. that people in leadership positions can sometimes think that they look as though they're confident and they look as though they've adopted the change but people are pretty clever um, and quite insightful yes and intuitive and employees yeah. can very easily tell as you say if a leader is not mm. truly bought in speaks to it yes strategically mm. 100% mm. perfectly behind it mm. but deep down it always, it always comes out if you're not uh, 100% behind it. So I love that story. I think there's a lesson in there. For I think it's important. Yes. No, I love what you're saying too, because if you have a communicator who just did without question, 
what that person is telling them on one level and didn't trust their own instinct and pick up on the non-verbal language plus their own experience plus knowing that a coalition is going to make change happen mm. i think um it, i think the the trajectory of change would be very different it could definitely kind of sag you know sag in the middle we might get there in the end but actually you would lose the support of people there isn't true um like a real head of steam behind that change. And I think I think that's important. Um, so yeah, thank you. Thank you for um, backing up. And I will certainly listen to the episode one. Yeah, no, thank you. I mean, I, I love the fact that you were listened to. You know, I heard you say earlier that you were listened to. Mm. And that often doesn't mm. happen within internal communication. So I'll give you a, a re- recent example with the whole rose garden i'm not sure i know you're in switzerland so i don't know how closely you're monitoring uk politics but there was the uh, dominic mm-hmm. um gosh i've forgotten his surname uh, yes <laughs> cummings <laughs> dominic cummings yes. thank you Zma. he what he did his yeah. um, his confession or rather his explanation yeah. of why he drove so far during the lockdown um around durham where his parents were living where he was staying at the time and uh, he did it in the rose garden and um there was great criticism about his speech which was over long and was completely um 100 scripted so he read it from start to finish and didn't look at the camera once and there was a lot of discussion mm. on social media about communicators where were they um and lots of people said they were there but they just weren't <laughs> listened to and i found that really funny and uh, quite sad at the same time because quite a few yes. of us said they were there but they were squashed they were there their their views and their opinions were suppressed so it's really nice to hear someone who's got tons of experience being listened to because otherwise you feel as though you're just executing on someone else's um instructions which is not really the purpose of having someone like us um on board we should really yes. help to shape yeah. I'm I'm glad that you've been able to do that because it feels good doesn't it Yeah and I think it also takes it, it kind of takes two and it took a leader who was also open minded I don't think he was at the beginning personally uh, I think he might have thought well yes you can go ahead and do it and yeah. as part of my relationship building that's what I did but I think when I presented the results and I did it anonymously to safeguard you know how people might I didn't want to yeah individuals but where there were certain themes coming up recurring like again and again it was really important for him to listen to his leadership team what they were saying before racing ahead and you know most leaders at the top of the game really are well ahead they've got their visions but mm. they you know you need collaboration for that to kind of happen so yeah interesting No I I love that last piece that you mentioned just now I I recently published a blog on change on my uh, website where to look communications.co.uk and um the whole piece was about the juggernaut of change and I always think about change as a juggernaut because regardless of how mm-hmm. quickly individuals are adopting it it tends to just keep going um it sort of bulldozes mm-hmm. through everything and organizations are adamant that change must be pushed through um and i often wonder how much empathy there is in organizations for those mm. who are lagging behind in adopting the change and if there's any room built in 
to communication strategies, change comm strategies mm. that actually consider mm. those individuals who are just finding it really tough um, to let go. I love what you're saying. You know why? Because, you know, we're talking about the execs and how they see the transformations. Well, the 25% of them, you know, the quarter of them that think that rate and evaluation is being really good. I think what happens there, I mean, my, my theory is that when it goes really well, they've engaged employees in the change process, like to influence their behavior. And, and what I mean by that is, you know, they've, it's best done authentically through other people. Mm. If you want to change people, use other people who are empathetic, you know, they're enthusiastic, who are good storytellers. And, um, you know, most of us will recognize um, people like this because they'll be given names like, or group names like champions, yeah. change agents, ambassadors, you know, fa uh, fancy names like catalysts. And, uh, you know, basically the, these are all like peer-to-peer -peer influencers. And, um, you know, speaking to your point about the juggernauts, you know, these groups are okay mm. to discuss like their own and their colleagues' fears about the big vision, whatever that is, right? Mm. And um, I would say that these groups are at their best when they're willing to have these authentic and these open conversations, often quite informally, you know, small groups. And um, I also believe that part of supporting employees is having the right technology and the mm. right platforms, these, uh, you know, open and honest exchanges. No, so, yeah, so I think, you know... Yeah. So I think engaging employees in the change process is one way mm. that, you know, is one ingredient, necessary ingredient for those 25% of execs who are thinking, yeah, this was good, you know. And I think that the summary you've given really gives me hope. And I hope it, it also gives hope to listeners and inspires them to think differently about change, transformation, and how communications can support that, having a robust strategy and plan um, that really drives or helps drive and support the change and I, I've been really looking forward to this conversation for so long and I, I'm really grateful Uzma for your inputs um, and for your contribution to this podcast it's it's very much appreciated and I hope that you've enjoyed the conversation as much as I have. Oh definitely definitely um, I guess you know what I wanted to um, just finish on is that, you know, um, if you're a change lead, you know, you have an opportunity to to really coach and guide executives towards a better transformation and, you know, to a better outcome, better than they ever imagined it. And so I think um, we may sometimes underestimate ourselves, but actually those small experiments, those small touches can make you know a huge difference an 80 20 kind of situation okay so well the second reason why i think transformations get 10 out of 10 by executives is when there's a real culture of continuous improvement and um the hallmarks of this uh, are a growth mindset uh, when there's real explicit permission to challenge the status quo there's permission to fail and basically rebuild and um it's so refreshing and energizing to experience but most importantly it's fertile ground in which change can you know really take hold and grow 
I would say that based on my experience, you know, when you've got such a culture, it means that storytelling isn't nice to have. It's a foundational practice. And um, I think all levels of an organization can become storytellers, hopefully with a bit of um, training and practice. I hope this doesn't sound like I'm blowing my own trumpet cape, but I've been told that I approach business problems um, very thoroughly and with a focus on creating yeah I'm gonna blow it um and so it was very nice you know to hear that you know I approached you know problems thoroughly and also look to create you know true impact uh beyond the actual events that create sustainability um and an example of this um from my most recent experience that actually fits in with helping to create this culture of continuous improvement is that um, to evidence like the one year anniversary of our 15,000 strong commercial division success, I collaborated with the uh, head of commercial to actually try an experiment. Um, it was to crowdsource like story nuggets from the general managers on internal social media. And what's really funny is that the leader, so the head of the commercial division had already told me that he didn't think there would be much of a response to it. So it was a bit of a low risk strategy, which was great. So I thought, well, let's experiment, nothing to lose. And um, in the space of 48 hours, we were both pleasantly surprised because there were over a hundred comments on his posts by leaders from all over the world. And um, what I love about this is that it created both the leadership engagement and content and um, so I used the content to create messages for a film script um, for about a three minute video full of stories that showcased the division's purpose, which was better outcomes for patients faster. Mm. And um, it was great because the film was translated in different languages and then used in the affiliates for town halls and their local social media. And then what I did was categorize the content from these general managers, which now forms a great data bank of evolving patient stories. Plus, as a large town hall was being planned, it was a great opportunity to share you know, these local successes hmm. and elevate them centrally. And um, this, I still remember this, and I wonder if other people who may listen to this may remember too, but there's a story of how one seven-year-old boy called Camillo, who suffered from really a debilitating form of haemophilia, mm. um, made it into the CEO of Farmers Global Town Hall. Yeah. And um, what I like about it, yeah, is that it just helped to humanize patients, you know. Um, they're just like us. You know, patients have hopes. They've got dreams, they've got mums and dads, they want to play football. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the human connection makes something, you know, really quite distant feel a lot more closer. I love that. And and that I wouldn't expect anything less from you, Zuma. And I, I know we've, <laughs> enough, we've never met face to face, but I've watched you from afar on LinkedIn. And, you know, we've been talking over a, a number of years virtually um, and I always yeah. have been inspired by what you've posted um, and the stories you're sharing. So I know, like me, you're 100% passionate about what you do. And that's probably why I feel so inspired by the work that you do. And, and, and what you just mentioned about the short stories is, um, 
is really the kind of innovation that um, you know I've come to expect from you. Uh, you, you know, you really do. That's so kind. That, <laughs> yeah, you really do have that ability to generate new and exciting ideas. So. No, thank you so much for sharing that. That's um, amazing. Thank you. So thank you so much, Kate, as well, for having me on your show. I really appreciate it. Thank and, you um, so Yeah, thank you. Thanks, Uzma. Thank you for listening to this episode of Engagement Express. For me, the biggest takeaways from this session are communication contributes the most to transformation success, either making it or breaking it. True transformation is a partnership between leadership teams, their change office and their top communicators. If you underinvest in the change story or fail to look at the reality of how people are thinking and feeling or even just diving headfirst with campaigns without solid strategic directions can all be dangerous, as we've heard from Uzma, our guest today. I'd like to thank Uzma, and if you'd like to find out more about her work, you can connect with her on LinkedIn via Uzma Mohamedali, spelt M-O-H-A-M-E-D-A-L-I. Join me in two weeks for my next episode of Engagement Express. Do reach out to me if you'd like to learn more about engagement during organisational change and transformation projects and let me know what you think about the podcast via katesiche at wheretolookcoms.co.uk or via LinkedIn at katesiche. I would absolutely love to hear from you. And remember, opportunities to engage are everywhere. You just need to know where to look. <music>